I've always had a love-hate relationship with Tupac's Dear Mama song. Mother's Day was bittersweet and Christmas was often a reminder that I was one of the few children in my neighborhood opening gifts without seeing the smiling face of a mother like most kids see on Christmas morning. See, me and my dad, we were the two musketeers. A single father who was there to wipe away my tears and help me overcome my fears, he was the one who had to lend a listening ear when I needed to mentally process and verbally vent about my mother who decided to disappear. Is there something wrong with me, Dad? All the other moms are there for their kids. Why doesn't she want to hang out with me and try to get along with me, Dad? I just don't understand what I did. Maybe if I do well in school, she'll tell her friends she's proud of me. Or maybe if I dress cool, she'll want to be bold and stand out in the crowd with me. Maybe if I get involved in a bunch of sports, she'll want to come to my games. Or maybe if I set myself on fire, she would actually give a damn enough to put out the flames. See, the overachiever in me strived for excellence, not just for the sake of being pristine, but the overachiever in me strived for excellence with the hope of being seen. Hey, mom, do you see me? Why can't you be more like Claire Huxtable? Perhaps Aunt Vivian. Hell, I even take June Cleaver or Carol Brady because at least they're lovable. Hey, mom. Why am I not good enough? But now that I know what I know, I was always good enough. And to be frank, I'm a better daughter than you deserved. Always taking the high road and extending an olive branch despite repeatedly being curved. You missed out on a lot and I hate that for you. And while you'll never fully acknowledge all that you've put me through, your rejection helped shape a loving, compassionate, thoughtful person that I am today. So for that, I thank you. Y'all, sometimes the best teachers in life are the ones that show you how to do things different from how they did it. Sometimes the teachers are those who teach us how to get let go of anger and bitterness, which ultimately teach you how to forgive. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing, y'all, because it sets you free. So, Mom, if you're listening, thank you, because without you, there would be no me. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, welcome to <laughs> welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And I am the word. BJ word to be exact. Can we take a minute and just wherever you are, just snap it up? Can we clap it up? Can we stand up? That piece, y'all, it was so hard for me to sit here and be quiet and not like yell out like I was at church yeah. during, because you said so much. You I said do. so much, y'all. And, and we've talked about this before, but just so those, for those that don't know, when we come into the studio, this is the first time we've heard each other's pieces. So exactly. you're getting real live <laughs> reaction right here, right now. Okay. So MJ, bring us in. I don't, I, what, how do you feel, first of all, just hearing yourself say those words out loud that you just said about your experience with your mom? I feel free. Wow. Like I said uh, in the piece, uh, for a long time, though, I didn't feel free. I didn't feel happy. Mm -hmm. I felt bitter. I felt mm -hmm. resentment. I just couldn't fully understand, like, how could you not be there, mm -hmm. right? Especially mm -hmm. when the norm in our society 
and just in general is mothers being mm-hmm. there for their children. Yep. yep. More so than, uh, you know, the, the, the expectation is mm-hmm. mothers need to be there more than fathers mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yep. Where my experience was completely opposite. Mm-hmm. I was raised by my father. Mm-hmm. And there were some times I would just be like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, I hated Mother's Day. And yeah. even today, I'll be honest, like every once in a while when Mother's Day comes around, I'm like, okay. Shout out to all the good moms, you know. Yeah. Um, but even today, I still remember how it felt as a kid mm-hmm. when I would love nothing more to, than to be able to give my mother a gift. But she just wasn't there for Mother's Day. Yeah. And Christmas was hard, too, yeah. at times. And what I ended up doing a lot of um, on a lot of Christmas days is spending it with my grandmother mm-hmm. and my dad mm-hmm. and, like, a bunch of people. Because I think they felt like, okay, we're here for you. And we yeah. want you to know that we're here. But, yeah, it was really difficult. And yeah. I think a lot of people who grew up without their mothers, it's just, it's different. It's yeah. a different experience. It's hard mm-hmm. to describe sometimes mm-hmm. because it's such a norm to have right. your mother there. And it's, it's, it's uh, for those of you that don't know, just to catch you up, this is Mommy Dearest Part 2. If you have not heard Part 1, go back and listen to it because I tell a little more of my story. MJ's story is different from mine. Um, so we wanted to, you know, do a Part 2 to this. But I think one of the things, uh, themes that rings true is it's, it's an accepted truth um, that all black moms are just these amazing, fabulous, wonderful superheroes, and nobody else has any different story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody has any complicated issues. Nobody has any problems. And if you do, you're not supposed to speak about it. Right. And so that was why it was important for us to do um, these episodes because, you know, while my mom uh, was always there and we just had all these problems, your mom was, was MIA. She was incognito. And I think in hindsight, because I had to go through years of therapy and everything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and most of the therapy I did as an adult, because mm-hmm. uh, I recognized, I was like, I have tense relationships with women. And mm-hmm. I think I talked about this on a previous episode we mm-hmm. did where I said, for a long time, I didn't really trust women like that. Right. I, remember I felt more that. comfortable around male figures because mm-hmm. I felt like, well, at least y'all show up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in my mind, I was projecting, I was like, every woman is like this. And mm-hmm. every female that I know they could leave at any moment they Mm -hmm. may or may not be there wow and so uh, for a long time I was just like okay fine all right I don't have to hang out with you or Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it took me to go to therapy to realize like oh I have this this negative view of relationships and friendships you know with certain people because of my mother like yeah. I'm afraid that they're just gonna leave me hanging mm-hmm. so I'd rather be the one like well forget it I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave first mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to be friends with you anymore yeah right and that's just that's a hard way to go through life mm-hmm. and there are some people who never really resolve that mm, and I'm really glad true. that I went through therapy <laughs> and I had that process where somebody said hey the reason you might have some tense relationships or you're worried about people abandoning you mm-hmm. is because of what you had to experience and remember not all people are the same. Right. And that was very eye-opening for me. And you know what? That's so real. I think, again, a, a, another widely accepted thing is that women have problems in their relationships with men because of their father. He wasn't there. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I don't think we acknowledge enough that there are so many women who, that's their mantra. I don't get along with women. I just don't get along with women. Well, have, sis, have you ever thought about why? Mm-hmm. Could it be because of the tension between you and your mom that you won't address, won't acknowledge, or some of the even hurt and wounds and 
issues that your mama passed down. She don't get along with women. Mm -hmm. And so now you don't get along with women. Y'all just two hurt peas in a pod, you know? So I, I think it's so important for people to really listen to what you're saying and look inside themselves instead of just accepting something as part of who you are mm-hmm. like well that's just me i just don't get along with girls i just why girl right. why is it because of your mama <laughs> i mean seriously yeah. you know i think it's so important that you that you brought that out so let me let me just ask you this was she always just not there she was there sometimes okay so I was raised by my father. Like, basically, he got custody of me when I was three years old. Mm. Once they figured out, okay, this is going to be a much better fit. She's just, some some women just don't have it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just like some fathers don't have that that parenting, loving, Mm -hmm. I want to be there for my child all the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's just not in her. It's Mm -hmm. not an innate thing like it is for some women. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved in with my father when I was three years old. And there would be times I would see her maybe on the weekends, but then there'd be times where I'm like, I'm that kid sitting on the, the, the school steps waiting on her to show up. And I'm like, okay, I got to call my dad or my aunt or wow. somebody to come get me. Cause she didn't show up. Wow. Um, so, and then there would be other times where she'd be like, okay, I'm going to come get you this weekend. I'm sitting on the porch. I'm waiting, got my little backpack on, got my little bag. Come on, she man. She never showed up. Come on. And you know, my dad, I know it killed him. And I had to give my dad some love on this because even when my mom did stuff like that, because I know he wanted to be like, say all types of stuff about Mm -hmm. her. Like, she is the worst. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure some things, you know, I don't want to say on air, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, He probably had some choice words, but he still let me form my own opinion about her. Uh. He was very intentional in making sure, like, he was like, well, you know, maybe she... Maybe something happened, okay? Right. You know, maybe, you know, but he never bashed her per se, mm-hmm. per se even though I know he was pissed. Mm-hmm. Because when you watch your child go through something like that, it's hard. Right. You want to just heal every wound and you want to be there for them. Mm-hmm. And he was there in a way where I'm appreciative of how he, he did it. Yeah. Because I almost think, like, if he would have been like, yeah, she the worst. See, we, uh, she can't come around, you know, it would have jaded me even more but by him allowing me to kind of experience it like okay you know I want you to form your own opinion about your mother I'm gonna take my bias out of because he he has some bias you know they Mm -hmm. went through a divorce he felt some type Mm -hmm. of way but yeah that was hard yeah that was really it was hard to be that kid yeah I could only imagine that and and again I feel like this so groundbreaking Mm -hmm. because I have not heard a lot of women or or any really tell that side of the story right. like it's not always just the deadbeat dad right why is that a term but we don't hear it on, on the know. other side and what about other women who you and I know personally with similar stories yes. okay where their mom was like uh-uh this is just not what I'm looking for it's not what I want mm-hmm. um it's it's so funny you mentioned Claire Huxtable in your um Piece and uh, you know, despite what people feel about any of the actors, okay, we're not mm-hmm. getting into all of that. But I feel like that show brought so many things to light. And yes. when you talked about Claire Huxtable, it made me think about that episode with Olivia and uh, Denise and Olivia's mom. Remember oh, that? And yeah. she was just talking about how, and, and her mom was coming to visit and you know whatnot. But she just kind of told Denise told the story of how you know this lady just decided was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Like motherhood and this this wifery and all this is not for me. I'm leaving, and she left the baby with, with the dad. Just you that. know, and and so I, 
that was way before um, I think people even understood what it meant, you mm-hmm. know, or what, what the theme was that they were trying to bring out was, um, you know, this happens. Mm-hmm. This happens. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's it's a real thing, right? It is. And here you are with kind of a similar, uh, you know, real life story. And even then, the mother was painted in a, you know, as this nice, sweet, amazing person who was just too overwhelmed and she couldn't handle motherhood or whatever. So it showed this this nice side of her, but then there are other sides of of the stories as well, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know what? What's interesting um, is what you just pointed out is that when mothers do leave, they're shown a little bit more grace yes. than men. And I've always found that a interesting. <laughs> a lot more grace. But yeah. yeah, just keeping it real. And um, that's exactly right. And mm-hmm. Claire Huxtable... I would joke with my dad, like, oh, that's that's my TV mom. That's the mom I wish I had. Mm-hmm. And you could just see it in his face. Like, he felt so bad. Mm. But I, I'm grateful for shows like that because, you know, like I said, I did have a lot of bias mm-hmm. towards women at one point. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, like, very standoffish towards certain women. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but seeing that was good for me because it was like, oh, I need to see these strong, beautiful black women figures like Aunt Vivi. I loved Aunt Vivian Mm -hmm. from um, Fresh Prince and I loved what Claire Huxtable represented. And so it it did serve as a reminder for me like, okay, there are some really great mothers out there and these are some great examples, even though it is a sitcom, it's a TV show, Mm -hmm. but it was still good for me to see that. Mm -hmm. And I did have some great women figures in my life too. So I don't want to totally make it seem like I was just like, screw all women. They Mm -hmm. they, they don't show up for you. They they, Right. But that (laughs) Um, plants a seed when the the main woman, the Mm -hmm. one who you view is supposed to be the main character in your life is, is not uh, showing up. Yeah. It plants a seed. It absolutely does. And and for years, like I said, I didn't really realize just how much I was holding on to until I started going through therapy. Mm. And what happened after that, once I finally realized it, what I did was I was like, well, okay, now that I recognize this, I'm going to join a bunch of women's organizations. Wow. So that's, I became an AKA. Mm-hmm. I started joining different organizations that are like focused on mm-hmm. women's empowerment, women's rights, just supporting women because mm-hmm. I recognize like this has been a problem me problem for me so for so long. Now I'm trying to like go back and kind of correct it a little bit mm-hmm. and like establish genuine friendships and and stuff like that with women. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like even now I'm a part of at least what two, three organizations mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm purely for women like I got my junior league of Memphis shirt on right right now yeah (laughs) and then I'm still active in my sorority and a few other things yeah so So that was part of your uh fight back a little bit or or kind of part of your protest was (laughs) your part of your healing I would say too exactly was to be like all right I'm going to intentionally go after this thing that I thought was uh horrible like you know I'm gonna intentionally put myself in this environment so that I could see a different side yes and I think that is something that is missing from a lot of us in our in our healing right is that you got to take the risk you you got to put yourself out there around the very thing that has hurt you before i don't care what it is if you were in a relationship with somebody you can't just stop being in relationships forever right Mm -hmm. assuming that all people are like this other person and so i think it takes a lot of courage though to say you know what i'm gonna intentionally uh, go out here and try to make bonds with women so that I can heal from this thing and this mindset of women are out to hurt me. They're going to abandon me. They're going to leave me. That's exactly right. And in the last part of my piece, I was very 
intentional about how I wrote that Mm. and just Mm -hmm. saying, not only do I forgive you, but I thank you Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I learned in life are from some, like some people who I'm like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it teaches you how to be a better person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had conversations yep. about the be- the worst best boss I ever had. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> I know you talked about yep. it too. Absolutely. I was like, oh, writing a man, book on it. You are awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I know how to lead with compassion mm-hmm. because of you. Right. And the same thing with my mother. Like, you didn't show up, but now I know how to show up for others mm-hmm. because I know the right way to do it. And sometimes you need those. I guess you could say role, not necessarily role model in this situation, but a teacher to show you okay, this is how you can do things, but then you can go the opposite route. You don't mm-hmm. have to be like this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say I, I, I'm grateful for that experience. Yeah. Too. So look, I want to get into your business a little bit. So mm-hmm. bring, bring us to today because we know she wasn't there when you were a kid. She would oh. leave you sitting on the steps and, you know, all <laughs> these different things. What about now? Cause your mom is still alive. Yeah. And, um, how, what is that like for you now? Um, do you see that as just her? you know, consciously choosing not to be with you? Or do you look at it more like she's not capable? She doesn't have the capacity and the emotional intelligence to even pull up now and be what you need. I think it's a, it's a combination. Mm. I think it's a little bit mm-hmm. of both. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I know what I know, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be something that was never mm-hmm. addressed. Mm-hmm. Like it, as far as an official diagnosis, just being straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think part of it too, like I picked this, like I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, I can't do the back and forth. I can't do the getting my hopes up, hoping that we'll finally have some kind of bond. So Mm -hmm. I have also elected to say, you know what? I can love you from afar. So I don't extend that olive branch anymore. Like I used to all the time. Like, okay, well, let me be forgiving. That's Mm -hmm. what Jesus would do. But now I'm just like, no, let me protect my peace. Yeah. And if I know that me trying to build this relationship with you only to have my heart broken Mm -hmm. time and time again, or only to feel like, okay, you're leaving me hanging again. Mm -hmm. If it's going to make it worse for me, then don't bother. Yeah. So sometimes this is, this is just another example of you just have to be like, I love you from afar Mm -hmm. and that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. And so, so she's missed some pretty big days Mm -hmm. in your adult life. Yeah, she went to my wedding. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to just throw it out there. You know, I wanted you to say it. But that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. For her to be alive, for her to be uh, relatively physically healthy Uh and to not come to your wedding. Exactly. Yep. And the the worst thing about it, though, is I was kind of not surprised. Mm. Because what happens with people who've been in situations like me when, when you're used to dealing with a person who might show up, then again, they might not mm-hmm. It's hit or miss. You learn not to become too invested yeah. or, or get your hopes up too much because then you're setting yourself up to feel really, really bad after. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's almost like this mechanism that I've had to, to create in my mind, like, okay, don't get your hopes up now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she might show up, she might not. Mm-hmm. And just knowing, just based on how she's been in the past, it's like, all right, she ain't show up. What else is new? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. It's, it's, <laughs> man, it is, yeah. it is so hard. And, and unless you're in that situation, um, I don't think people fully can understand, Mm-mm. but getting to a place where you embrace it because, you know, some stuff I won't even speak on, but I've embraced a lot in terms of 
my mom, she not coming. She ain't coming to that. She not coming to this. Like yeah. some stuff I'm just not even going to ask because I know she's not going to do it. And so <laughs> instead of constantly getting your hopes up to be heartbroken, you just kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it is what it is. And so in your situation, you know, y'all just don't have a relationship at all. And then in my situation, I'm just trying to take what's left, whatever, you know, just take yeah. what, are, what is there and and deal with it. But I want to go back to something you said that I, y'all, I almost hollered when she put this in this spoken word piece, right? Because this is a constant theme in therapy. It has been a constant theme in my own personal life. And it is a, for those of you that don't know, I'm a licensed professional counselor, counselor a, a licensed psychotherapist. Okay. And I see clients uh, individually. And this is a constant theme that comes up with women. That being performance-based that you mm, talked about yep. and being a, an overachiever yep. and it really going back to I'm trying to please my mom. And you, so many people don't make that connection between A and B until they come to therapy. Uh-huh. That is real. Talk about how you even drew that conclusion and how do you deal with it now because you're still a high achiever you're still a high performer so how do you even get to that place where you're like okay i'm doing this for me now i'm not trying to please you yes at the time especially when i was young because i would see mothers at sporting events they're cheering their child Mm -hmm. on i would see them at different tournaments or whatever it may be even coming to pta meetings In my mind, I felt like the more I achieve and the the better that I show her, like if I show her how amazing I am, Mm, she'll want to be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so in turn, what ended up happening a lot of times is I was just this overachiever. I always made the honor roll. I did all the things. Mm -hmm. I played basketball. I played softball at one point. I played, I ran track. Um, I even did like drama club for a little bit just Mm -hmm. to see what that was like. It wasn't my thing. Um, But you know, I was doing all of these things and overcompensating in a lot of ways, just hoping like, Hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Do you see me? Mm -hmm. Um, and now that I know what I know, like I said, uh, Mm -hmm. in the piece, I know a lot of it stemmed from just wanting to be seen Mm -hmm. and wanting Mm -hmm. to be acknowledged by my mother. Um, and wanting to be enough and wanting to be enough. That's exactly right. That's what it was. And even today, (sighs) a lot of that has gone with me because it's like, once you get on that, that uh it's hard to stop it's hard to stop like (laughs) but now like you said I do it for a different reason now Mm -hmm. I do it because I genuinely care about our society I care Mm -hmm. about people doing well in our Mm -hmm. society I I care about giving back helping Mm -hmm. so the motive has changed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but that overachiever part of me it stemmed from that it started years ago when Mm -hmm. I was about five or six hoping Mm -hmm. like hey hey mom I'm here right see me I'm a good child don't you want to be in my life? Right. Yeah. Wow, that is deep. So many, y'all just don't know like how many women I talk to on a daily basis with that same story, whether mm-hmm. their mom was there or not, that was, it was like this constant running after her approval, yes. right? And I've experienced it. And it takes a while for you to acknowledge, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good. There's not going to be a moment where it's like, you're good enough or yeah. where you feel that. And ultimately she, she, in my case, my mom doesn't think that about herself. 
in her mind. So she can't give me something she don't have, you know? And so this is not even to just bash uh, them. They are, they have their own stories and their own stuff that they didn't deal with. But the important thing is for you to deal with your stuff. That's it. You know, as a result, like deal with your own stuff. And I, and I, it's funny cause just, I talk to women, so many women and they'll be so stressed out about something around their house. Mm-hmm. And we start talking and I'm like, well, who made these rules that you are living by right mm-hmm. now? Who says that because you just took those towels out of the dryer, you have to fold them right now. What's right. going to happen if they clean now? Okay. Your kids are 15 years old or, or even little. Little kids, right? So I don't want people to think, but why did the teenagers can't do it? Okay, what about if you have little kids? You think that two-year-old cares if the towels are folded or not? Right. And so if you're tired, you're stressed out, you're burned out, you're fussing at people now, who made this rule that you're living by? And it doesn't have to be towels. It could be dishes in the sink. It could be the floor not being back. It could be anything. Who made that rule? Was that you? Is that you in your mind or is that your mama talking to you in your head telling you you're lazy, you're not good enough, you you know, mm-hmm. you're a trifling woman, you this, you that. And is it she getting that from her mama? Mm. I mean, the chain got to stop somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the chain has to stop. And I think about how often we go through life with these unresolved issues mm-hmm. and we don't re- we don't recognize mm-hmm. that they're issues until we stop long enough to really say, huh, mm-hmm. I learned this behavior from my mother, or I didn't learn it mm-hmm. in my case um, a lot of times. And like I said, it took me to go to therapy to really realize, like, okay, I can break this cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be like, you know, I don't have to live in fear that I'm not going to be a good mom because of my right. mom who wasn't there. And for years, I was like, I'm not having kids. Mm. I'm not having kids. For a long time and then finally I reached a point like you know what but I'm not my mother I, I can right. be a good mother mm-hmm. yeah yeah you yeah. can make a different decision yeah you can make a different choice and go down a different path mm-hmm. so MJ let's let's girl I got to give you a warning child I got to give you a warning <laughs> because <laughs> you can you know I talked about the the mommy dearest of part one right yeah where I kind of wrote the piece and, and went into my story a lot and at the end, I uh, I can remember just talking about how, you know, I'm trying to have grace uh, for my mom and just love her and accept her. And I feel like right after I said that, I was challenged mm. on all of those words. Like, oh, really? Let's see. Let's see. Have you really <laughs> forgiven her? Let's see if you're really okay with her. Because now I'm in a position where I was flung into a position right after that, y'all, no joke, where I had to really start taking care of her in a way that I never expected to have to do. And I, I don't think I would have been able to do it without getting it out first on the show. And I don't think that I would be able to do it um, with resentment or, you know, issues. Mm. I wouldn't be able to take care of her in this way. Yeah. No way, y'all. It's been real. It's been <laughs> real over this past month or so. And literally when we dropped the that episode she was in the hospital when the episode dropped mm. mommy dearest part so that's how close it was for me to say what i said the release and then for me to get tested on my words yeah. so that being said for you where would where would you stand in that first of all are you an only child and yeah. if she needed help if because aging is happening with it our is. parents, it is. where do you think you might not even be able to answer that question looking forward, but just if that was flung at your doorstep, how do you feel like you would handle it? You know what? That's a, that, 
that's a hard question, but I do have an answer for it. Okay. And um, so I am an only child. So I've thought about it quite a bit. Mm. And I'm going to be real with you. And I, I, everybody may not love this answer, but I would help to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But she has several brothers who have mm-hmm. always come to her rescue, mm-hmm. who have always been there for her, mm-hmm. and just being straight up, who have enabled her in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I kind of don't feel as much pressure because I know mm-hmm. everybody's going to run to her aid, to her aid. and help mm-hmm. her out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can focus on making sure my dad is good because mm-hmm. he's aging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of where I stand with it. Like I, I would never completely turn my back mm-hmm. on my mother. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also recognize like that I have to think about, okay, what is this doing to me though? Yeah. Is this opening up the wound again? And I'm like, nah, you know, that they got her back. They yeah. got her back. So, so just to kind of fill people in too. So my mother, she has uh, multiple brothers. She has several relatives who look out for her and, and help mm-hmm. her out and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's why I stand where I stand in, yeah. in, on the matter. I just, I just, and the reason I said warning, cause it's, cause it's like, yeah. when you put it out there, mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like your, your words get tested. Your, yeah. you know, like even your boundaries, you know, when you say I have this boundary now and this is what I'm doing and I've made up my mind, a test comes right along yeah. to see if you no. really mean what you say. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Now I'm looking at my phone, like, like who calling me? Who like, calling hey, you got to go down to New Orleans and. Help out your mom. She lives in New Orleans. Wow. Wow. So you mentioned a little bit about um, these enabling family members. (laughs) I don't talk to half of them, so that's why I'm not kidding. They might, I might get some calls. I might not. I Mm. I, I don't care because um, the reality is I think a lot of what I dealt with, and I see this happen in a lot of families, is, you know, sometimes we have family members who will make excuses for folks. Yes. And that happened a lot. And at times it would make me feel bad. Like, okay, are y'all gaslighting me? I know y'all see what's, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And y'all keep excusing like, well, you know, she just, maybe this happened to her. Or maybe this happened. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and after a while, it's like, okay, are you all a part of the problem? Mm-hmm. Come on. Are you all a part of the Preach. problem? Preach. Preach. If, if you all took a different stance and held her feet to the fire a little yes. bit and said, hey, what you're doing to this young lady, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You need to do better. Mm-hmm. Would, would the outcome be different? Mm-hmm. But we won't know because they, they took the stance of wanting to be protectors. Yeah. And like, oh, well, you, well, you know, you just never know. And maybe this happened. And it's, it's a, a good thing. It, it is. It is. It is. Because it makes you think you're crazy. Like, Am I the only one seeing what's going on here? Nobody else is saying anything. Listen, and I used the analogy one time when I was really upset at one point. And I I said it to some relatives, like, she could throw a rock at me. And and mind you, she's never harmed me. I just Mm -hmm. want to put this disclaimer out here. But this is an analogy I used. She could throw a rock at me, and you all will go over to her and be like, hey, why did you do that while I'm bleeding on the ground? Mm. Wow. So I'm there. Like, I'm here. Hey, anybody want to check on me? But they're still going to be like, hey, hey, Mm -hmm. what's going on with you? Why did Mm -hmm. you do that? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's how I felt like. That's Mm -hmm. how I felt most of my childhood. Like, dang, I'm here, y'all. What's Mm -hmm. up? Like, y'all going to defend her to the death? Mm -hmm. What about me? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it created, like, there's a little tension there, too. I'd be lying to say, if I said that, you know, some of my relatives, if I see them, hey, what's up? But I'm not 
Yeah. I'm not that pressed to go out of my way because of what I dealt with. Because right. I felt like they left me hanging too in some ways. So that's yeah. why I think, you know, when you look at those kind of situations and you think about all that you've gone through, it's really important too to look at it from a holistic standpoint and say like, okay, not only is she part of the problem, but so are y'all. And right. I had to protect my peace. And if I know going around you all is going to make me upset, then I just, I can't, can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm okay with that now. Mm-hmm. Cause there will be times where I used to be like, okay, just push through, go ahead and go in here, go to this party and go to this family mm-hmm. gathering, even mm-hmm. though you don't, you know, you feel some type of way towards half of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I don't even do that. I don't try to push through anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still love my family. Mm-hmm. In spite of all that happened. I'm like, I love y'all, but I know that I can love people from afar now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think, you know, people don't, um, you know, giving up credit to that, to the fact that you can love people from your side of town. Like mm-hmm. I can be over here and ha- not not have anything in my heart against you, but it doesn't mean I'm forced to come to the gathering where mm-hmm. I know how I feel. I know, you know, how I've been treated. I know I'm not cool in this environment. Yeah. I think that's something we just, we should really pay more attention to that mm-hmm. when, you know, people force their kids to be around folks that they yeah. don't want to be around in the right. family and people treat them negatively or whatever. Like, why, why are you forcing them to go there? You know? And I think it's so important as adults to make that decision for yourself and not mm-hmm. feel obligated right. because it's your family. Well, did they know that? Were they aware of that when right. they were doing what they were doing? Like they knew they were family too. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is, that is so important to think about and I and I you know I love how you use the word enabler Mm -hmm. because I mean just being honest my dad is my mom's number one enabler yeah I think that some of the things that she does some of the um you know ways that she has about herself um if he would stop enabling her it would change you know that's my hope that's what's in my head yeah you know maybe it wouldn't but I definitely think accountability is so important. It is. Like, it's hold so people accountable for what they're doing instead of just coddling them all the time. That right. doesn't help them to get better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I can love you and correct you. As a matter of fact, love and correction are really the same. I'm only correcting mm-hmm. you because I love you. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. how much do I really love you if I never try to give you any guidance or correction? That's exactly right. And one thing about people who do enable, sometimes they think they're doing good. They but do. really, mm-hmm. I mean, it comes from a good place. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a part of me always felt conflicted. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. mad at y'all, but not really. But not Cause really. I know y'all trying to look out for her. you, you, you know, but, and in your situation, I'm sure you felt that at times yes. where it's like, okay, I love you, but dang, could you stop? And exactly. you know, but I know what you're doing is you're trying to be a good person mm-hmm. and look out for another person. Yep. So it, it's a mixed bag, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you said, accountability is so important. And if we don't hold people accountable for how they treat others, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's just like a bunch of folks causing harm without realizing that they causing a lot of yes. harm. Enablers are causing harm. Mm-hmm. The person who's doing it is causing harm. Yes. And you're living with harm and you pass that down because you think it's the norm. Yes. It's just a cycle. It it's is. Like, it's a vicious cycle. You know what? It, what comes to mind, because I'm a, I'm a visual person, it's like a big puzzle where the pieces keep changing. Yes. So, like, every time you think you're about to put these two pieces together and it connects, 
one of the little things that jut out on the jigsaw puzzle, okay, mm -hmm. it changes. And now the pieces don't fit anymore. So you're constantly trying to figure it out. That's how it feels. Yeah. Like like a Rubik's Cube where the colors keep changing. Every time you get one side right, all the colors change. That's how it feels, man, with family and with mother-daughter relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. And it it is a lot of conflict because, yeah, I have felt that tension and anger with my dad. Like, why won't, you know, and I'm internally just uh, right. about to explode. Like, why won't you? And it, I had to, you know, step back and realize, okay, this is the way that he loves this mm. is the way that he thinks this is what's best to do so this is what he's doing and so i, I have to be like dude what you can't see that that's not helping her yeah. like it's not helping but he can't he can't see that mm -hmm. and and then even in my scenario you know like you said you, you have that feeling a little bit of a combination of you won't change versus you can't change you right. know what i'm saying like in my mind i believe people can do whatever they want to do you know but it can they <laughs> you yeah. know it's it's a big question so i have to uh you know with my mom just try to be like you know what there are so many layers of stuff that she would have to deal with all the way back to i don't know how long you know yeah. in order for her to be a better now mm -hmm. so it's like looking at this as uh, her just being hurt versus intentional um, pain inflicted upon me, right? Yeah. And because in some situations it feels very intentional. It feels yeah. like you said that on purpose, you did that on purpose, and maybe you did, but even even then, where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I guess in your situation, do you feel like it is intentional to hurt you, or do you feel like this is just kind of who she is and the way she's made? I guess I'll never fully know. No, yeah. Yeah, I'll never fully know for sure. And I, I spent years racking my brain around this very question mm -hmm. right here. Like, is she doing this on purpose? Mm -hmm. Or is she just really that selfish? Yeah. And, and I think a part of it, like I said, I really think it, a lot of it has to do with maybe some things she dealt with mm -hmm. that were that went unresolved. Mm -hmm. Maybe a diagnosis that, that needed. Mm -hmm. Like, she was never mm -hmm. diagnosed. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, something is not right here, mm -hmm. right? Um. So now I, I recognize that now. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think I think is the latter most likely. Yeah. And that's why I, I can walk away mm -hmm. and just be like, OK, mm -hmm. well, I know this is not on me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but what is on me? <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing that is on me, though, is how I react all, to all of this Amen. and how I can do better mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. And like as you were talking about your situation. It just kept making me think like, but at least we acknowledge yes. what we went through. Mm -hmm. And just think about all the people out there who go through these things and they never really realize how it impacts them. Yep. And they're just going through life. They might do some of the same things to other people mm -hmm. without realizing that they're doing what mm -hmm. was done to them. And so that's why I'm at least, I feel fortunate that I at least recognize yeah. that I went through a lot. It mm -hmm. was hurtful, but I was able to resolve it. And mm -hmm. I was able to talk it out and mm -hmm. I was able to, to get professional help yeah. to help me think about, okay, what can I do different? Yeah. Right. And the same for you too. Like mm -hmm. we, at least we recognize that it's there mm -hmm. and then we can be better people because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is so important. And for people who may be wondering, women who may be wondering how to get there, you right. know, to that place, I think 
uh, for me, I had to stop seeing everything as as intentional in order for me to heal yes. and not be angry all the time, right? Um, and I still struggle with it's still a struggle, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I have to in order for me not to get mad and lash out, I have to see this as you know, okay, this is kind of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Not purposely directing this towards me, even though. So many times it feels that way because I don't see her doing some of that stuff to everybody else. (laughs) So that's part of the struggle. But I think um, you get there and and there meaning uh, healed, right? And I think the healing process is is continual. But you start to heal and you start to change your own behaviors and go in a different direction by asking yourself why you do the things that you do. Where is it coming from? Don't just go through life just doing stuff, right? And if you're not, especially if you're not getting the outcomes that you want, you don't have the relationships with women that you want. If you keep falling out with different women, stop, girl, sit down. Have a conversation with yourself. Have a come to Jesus moment with yourself and say, why does this keep happening? Mm -hmm. Why am I attracting certain types of women into my life? Why do I not feel like I see this so much? Every time on Facebook, I'm always there for other people. I don't have nobody there for me. Sis, have you asked yourself why? Mm. Why don't you have anyone there for you? What What is the reason? So my point is just check your behaviors. Don't yeah. just go through life just doing stuff. Ask yourself why you're doing it, you know, yeah. so that you can get to the bottom of it. I really had to do that even in dating Because my relationship with my mom was a direct impact on the type of men that I was choosing. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. And and my behaviors in relationships were directly, I'm I'm out here chasing approval and chasing love. That's what I was doing. And I had to stop and say, why you keep on attracting these narcissistic people? Mm. Why you keep on getting into these relationships with folks who act like your feelings don't matter at all and it's all about them? Well, somewhere deep in my little old heart, I feel like that's how my mom acts. Mm. Like, it's all about her. <laughs> and whatever I'm going through doesn't matter. I'm a superhero. So who cares? If you get run over by a bus, BJ, get up. And keep running. That's what you mm. do. However, I have a paper cut right now, and I yeah. need you to tend to that, right? And I, I can look back in some dating relationships and see that same pattern of behavior in myself wow. when I'm out here getting run over by a bus and but this dude got a paper cut, so I got to get up and tend to that, mm. right? Because my feelings don't matter. So I really kind of became my dad a lot of ways <laughs> in these relationships. But I had to stop and get to the why. So I would say to people listening, don't just go into a woe is me. Don't just go into bitterness. Don't just go into anger and you know put a wall up. Um, ask yourself. What role are you playing in in the things that's happening to you in your life? And why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because if you can get to that, right, then you can start to really make some changes. Yeah, I love that. And one thing I would add to that, BJ, is for anybody who has had, you know, a tense relationship with your mother or, or even if your mother wasn't there, I would say just know that it's not you. It's not a reflection mm, of you mm-hmm. um, because there's still people to this day. Like, I mean, they will go through their entire life blaming themselves mm-hmm. for somebody mm-hmm. else's inability mm-hmm. to show up for them. Mm-hmm. But I also want to add that too, because mm-hmm. I know it's quite a few folks out there who, who walk around with that. Yep. And feel like, mm-hmm. what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. What was wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And so I would add that as well. Like mm-hmm. just know that whatever happened, 
It has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. In terms of, you know, who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're a child, you mm-hmm. know, you can't, you right. can't control that. You cannot. It, there's nothing you could have done differently. You cannot. And there's a duality, y'all. There is a space for you to love them and acknowledge that they are the problem. Mm-hmm. You can you can do both. Yes. It doesn't make you a bad person for you to acknowledge how somebody hurt you, and you can acknowledge that and still love them too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's just listen. Oh, it's been man. a deep one. I, I know, I'm, right? Yeah, but you know what? I'm at the place too where I feel very comfortable talking about this. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. very open. I'm mm-hmm. very. You see, I'm just as calm as a cucumber mm-hmm. because I'm healed from it. Right. Yeah. But I know if it were still a situation I was dealing with, I'd probably be in tears. I'd be mad. Yeah. Um. But this this is what this is why it's so important to be mm-hmm. healed from situations mm-hmm. because you can look back on stuff that was very traumatic at the mm-hmm. time and be like, you know what? But I healed from that yeah. and I grew and I learned. I've accepted it. That, I've accepted. I'm at that stage of grief now. I've yep. accepted. I've accepted the, ex- the loss. The acceptance <laughs> stage. There you go. So it's my sincere hope that any woman out there who's listening, who may have gone through something similar that you do, if you haven't found that healing yet and you haven't reached a place where you completely forgive your mother yet, I pray that you do one day because it does, it really does set you free Mm -hmm. once you reach that forgiveness stage. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Good episode. (laughs) Catch us again. Uh, New episodes drop every Tuesday on your favorite uh, podcast platform. And uh, that's it from us today. Y'all stay up. Stay up. All right.